It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Mama's Pearls. I am your hostess, Cynthia, and here at Mama's Pearls, we like to say that we take the most beautiful pieces of life and string them together. And over the past couple of weeks, we've had the really good fortune to take the opportunity to look at the new year with a fresh pair of eyes and with a clean slate and kind of take a a spiritual journey. Um, You know, I always find that in the winter, it always takes me to that place of hibernation, of going inward, of retreating, of, you know, going into like being the bear with your cubs and at home and taking us back to what's important. And last week on Mama's Pearls, the show was Star Check, and we were checking in with our um, recurring and go-to Jungian astrologer, Kathy Pagano, to really kind of get another sense of what are the energies that play for 2011. And, um, you know, this happens, and then, of course, like the next day, I start reading online that there's all this talk about that they're shifting all the astrology um, astrology signs because they discovered, you know, because they're going to be adding a new sign, Serpentius or some, sometimes Terius, something that you can't pronounce. And this kind of threw me for the, a loop. So I did go back and I spoke to Kathy and I, you know, I said, what is this? Why are they doing this? It's bad enough that me being a Scorpio, they took away my planet Pluto. What are they now trying to do and call me a Libra? So she basically explained that that is an old constellation. So it is energy and a star system and that's been around forever, that we are still are <laughs> astrological signs. I mean, you can't take a 35-year-old, a 36-year-old Scorpio and tell that she's going to be another sign. So, But the, the core of what, um, of what Kathy and I were talking about and what I really got from her was that 2011 is going to be a year that calls upon you to step forward in your highest truth. Every single sign that she was saying was basically set aside your your distractions, be very clear with who who you are and who you want to be, and work from that place in every area of your life. Um, I've been trying to practice that more and more as I as I go on, um, as far as taking steps from the part that is my most authentic self. Um, right before we did Star Check, the 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 first 
blog of the new year was True Serum. And that, again, was talking about stripping away whatever is distracting you and coming to, coming to terms with who your most authentic self is. And in that space, you know, it can be a great myriad of things. I don't think any of us can be boxed into one, into one, um, one idea of who we are you know, alone. I think we all just kind of draw upon and are constantly influenced by those around us. And what I what I personally found, and actually a week after I really set that intention, was that, um, you know, an opportunity came my way that I was really, really excited about. Um, it has to do with my local online community newspaper was looking for somebody to step into the space and write a parenting column or to report on, you know, amazing parents doing wonderful things in my hometown. So I, I being me, I immediately jumped at the chance to do it, and I met with the editor, and, and lo and behold, I'm now a contributor to the Port Washington Patch, which I'm very happy to share with everyone. Um, and obviously, you can go online and look up Port Washington Patch. The Patch is one of 75 different local community newspapers, and the parent company is AOL, which kind of is a little ironic for me, just going back into my past, because my first job out of law school is at New Line Cinema, and it was right about the time where they got, um, they were, their parent company, Time Warner, was bought by AOL. So I think everybody kind of remembers that AOL Time Warner. Lovely marriage. <laughs> so it's kind of being being back under that that umbrella. So where this brought me to was, you know, after coming last off of last week in the space of wanting um, wanting to serve in our highest good connected me and I was stringing this pearl from December I was invited to one of my really, one of my good friends homes for a night with the UJA and during this UJA night and I'm not here preaching the UJA but I do think it's a wonderful organization for people who are looking to get um, to get more involved with their community and to do charitable um, charitable opportunities and charitable events. One of the things that they were talking about was that they that a bunch of moms were going to be taking their tween age children and going on a mission, a UJA mission to the Gulf Coast region where they can participate, you know, directly hands on in the rebuilding efforts by the devastation left by Hurricane Katrina in 2005. So. You know, that was my my first article for the Port Washington Patch, and it strings together with what I wanted to talk about this week because so many of us come into the new year, you know, wide-eyed and open, a really open slate, wanting to do good, wanting to, to serve, and we put that on top of our resolutions list. Well, probably after, you know, dieting and getting healthy and spending more time with loved ones, you know, somewhere along that top five or maybe top ten or maybe for you it's top 100, is the the wanting to do more for your fellow man, wanting to be of service. And I thought it was really, really pertinent to kind of piggyback on top of, you know, their trip and the reminder from Martin Luther King Day, which we just all celebrated this past weekend. And if you didn't celebrate it, I'm sure you've heard about it from, you know, with their, even with their kids being off, that we're kind of forced to recognize that there is an important element about service. And Martin Luther King Jr., you know, his, everybody knows his I Had a Dream speech and, you know, and just researching him and how, um, you know, growing up in 
growing up and being a leader of his time of true civil rights, but as as far as you know, really trying to um, to bridge the gap between people and and to see each other, she see each other um, just as men and not by the color of their skin. You know, it was it's just. It, it seems so weird now that we're in the year 2011 to kind of have to go back to that place of be, having to be reminded that um, there was once a time where our country was so, you know, so segregated and so divided. And um, and he also was very big in in being of service to your fellow man. And one of the quotes that I love, which I quoted in this week's blog at www.mamaspearls.com, is basically, everyone can be great because anybody can serve. You don't have to have a college degree to serve. You only need a heart full of grace, a soul generated by love. And I just love that. And I came across that quote the same morning I was walking walking my son to to his bus, and we had another snowy morning here in New York. Surprise, surprise! It kind of been it's, you know a very snowy winter. And when I came back from walking him through the snow, I looked up my driveway and I just saw our two footprints, you know, laying side by side. Um, and I just kind of like stopped and stared, and my first reaction was, I got to go run and get my camera because I know I want this picture for for the blog, and you know, and to post it and to share with everyone. But it really got me thinking along this line. And after talking to these women, who we're going to talk to, I think three of them today, who just went on this trip with their parents. I mean, with their kids. Now that their parents, it's still kind of weird for me even saying that we're parents. Like, you know, like. I would even look at that and be like, oh, yeah, my parents are taking me on a mission. But I'm 36 years old, that, you know, and have children, and now they're taking their tween-age children on these trips and really engaging them in charitable service. And when I was looking at those footprints and, and look, you know, thinking that my son just left, you know, left my side to go off into his own, into this world, to learn, you know, from outside my house, like, I lead my son through this life in his early years. You know, he's he's going to be five years old in May. And, you know, what am I instilling with him? Am I instilling him with a heart full of grace? And the show this week is Mission is Possible. And the pearl of the day, the pearl of the week, I should say, is grace in action. And when we look at our children, they're such a beautiful um they're just so beautiful. They're so open, and you know the world is literally going to be laid out before their feet. And yes, you can guide them. You can hold their hand. You can set them on their path. When they're younger, their footprints are going to be set next to yours. But as they get older, they're going to walk off and set off their own footprints. They're going to make their own marks. You know, where are they going to be walking to? What are they going to be taking with them? What are the values that you're instilling? in them at any age, whether it's my kids who are younger or the women that we're talking to have tweenage children, you know, and how 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 can you help them get into a charitable state of mind? I believe that philanthropy and being philanthropic is a state of mind. It's a state of being. It's as one of one of the moms um said that I quoted in the article, it's a lifestyle. It's a choice. And it could be something as wonderful, and, and it's pretty elaborate, the trip that this woman went on. You know, they they had to book flights. They traveled to, you know, another city. There was hotels. There was fairs, this and that. Um, but it can be as simple as just being caring and open and sharing and seeing somebody in in need. You know, the idea of service 
um, can take on many, many, many forms. And what I kept thinking of was the animated film Ratatouille, where um, Chef Gusteau, who's the dead chef, um, spoiler alert, where he says he writes a book called Anybody Can Cook. And it turns out that a rat in the kitchen can cook. Now, anybody can serve. Anybody can step up to the plate and be of service of somebody else, whether it's taking some hand-me-downs and passing it on to a friend that you know is having a baby and it's, you know, it's a boy and you have boy clothes and, and doing that. So doing simple things and living with purpose, and we spoke with um, Rabbi Z from our, our community synagogue um, right before the break on Holiday Spirit, and he was also saying that we can be of service. We can. There are so many charities out there that are going to be welcoming help and that need materials, that need time, um, your time, volunteer time. You know, how do you go about that process? So I'm really excited to bring on the air, and I'm going to bring them on one by one in the hopes that they will introduce themselves to you and share a little bit about how they came to learn of this mission, first of all, and how important it is for them to engage their children in charitable work because it's one thing to go ahead and do it by yourself and just leave your house and you know and then they don't even know about it or maybe you do share it with them it's another thing when you're teaching your kids um, by just kind of lecturing them or talking with them and it's another thing to bring them into the four-dimensional world of actually being by your side whether it's at a soup kitchen or whether it's on an amazing trip um, like these women so um, I believe I clicked on Dina Dina are you with us I'm here good morning everybody Good morning, Dina. Thank you so much. So everybody, this is Dina Katz, and I met Dina through this through this article, and I'm just so so happy that I did because I'm just learning how um, how active you are actually in in our community as well, and how um, and how you always engage your children really in looking for things to do. So Dina, welcome to Mama's Pearls, and thank you so much for being with us. Oh, thank you. Um, do you, Cynthia, want me to just talk a little bit about the mission, or do you want to ask me a specific question? I said I think you introduced us by saying you want to you want us to tell you how we got involved, or wh- yeah. what would you like me to yeah. talk about first? So, um, so I want to hear from you, and want to hear a little bit about how you came to know this mission and as well as your past missions. But I think I'm going to bring the other two moms on also so they're not hanging Great. off just in the in the nether regions of the, of the airspace. Um, and we can have more of a community discussion because it really seems like this was a really group trip. So I'm just so excited to hear about it. So let me go to the next one. Hello, who's this? Hi, this is, do you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Okay, this is Mara Silverstein. Hi, Mara. Welcome. Mara Silverstein has just joined us, and I believe the next one should be Stacy. Stace? Hi there. It's Stacy Satoshi. Hi. Hello, Hi. my dear. Okay, so um, I'm really excited again to have the three of you with us. I don't know if the other two women are going to call in as well. And just for anybody who's listening who has any questions, you're welcome to call us as well at 347-327-9450. Okay, so I met you all and led in really to you know, to understand that this was even happening through Stacey. So, um, so Stacey, can we just start with you as far as saying, like, why did you even host that party in December? Um, 
I was very lucky when I moved to Port Washington that um, I met some people that were um, involved with UJA. And through going to some of their events and meeting more people, I found out about a group called Connections, which I just recently found out is really only in Long Island. And it's an education-based group where they're reaching out to Long Island people, Jewish people, to help them strengthen their bonds to the Jewish community and help provide them opportunities for um, volunteer service and giving back to the larger community. And I just want to point out also that UJA does do a lot of work with the Jewish community, but they they extend their arm out to people of all faiths in terms of their charitable work and the agencies that they work with are not only Jewish agencies, but of any denomination or faith. And when I got involved with this group, I found out about a mission that was organized a number of years. It was two years ago, Maradina. Was it two years ago that we went to? Mm -hmm. So Maradina and I were all fortunate enough to be a part of an adult mission to Rhode Island. And again, UJ partners very often with other agencies and charities. And so that trip did revolve around um, a Habitat for Humanity component where we were able to go and work um, on building a house. And it turned out, and again, I don't want to misspeak on the radio, but Providence has one of the lowest, um, one of the largest issues of poverty and um, unemployment right now in our country, which I didn't really know until I was on the mission. And it wound up being an amazing, amazing experience. We were feeding food pantries at churches, I mean, again, the work, and, and at Jewish um, organizations and worked on a Habitat for Humanity home. And it was interesting, even on that project, we worked a lot at Habitat for Humanity. They require the beneficiaries to also work on their home or other people's homes. So we were working side by side with people that would be beneficiaries of a Habitat for Humanity home. And that I guess, led to other women wanting to do a trip with the kids. And I think I'll just comment when I was listening to your introduction that it's really true. I mean, we happen to eat a family meal together at least once a week. And for us, it's, you know, often on Shabbat. And I would find that I was trying to talk to my kids about some of our values and the things that we care about and just talking about it just I felt it was a little bit boring for them. You know, they just wouldn't engage that much in the conversation. And even if I sat around and talked about my trip, although they enjoyed my pictures, they oh, that's cool, it wasn't really resonating, I felt, the way that I was hoping that it could. And that really prompted me to want to participate much more with them doing hands-on volunteer work. And we're fortunate in Port Washington to have a lot of opportunities to do that. And I know that Mara and Dina are a part of that in terms of going to the inn and serving meals. And, you know, there's a tremendous amount of opportunities, which I'll let them speak about. But the one thing that I will say is that, you know, in this whole conversation, and I'm sure we'll get a little bit more in depth about what we did do, when I was coming home on the plane, I'm like most struck almost by a conversation with the woman that I had next to me. And she, I happened to be like kind of covered in paint from painting a house in New Orleans. So it was kind of obvious that we were involved in something interesting. So we started talking about it. And she was like, thank <laughs> you. You're so right. It was a little bit of obvious. Yes. And I said, she said, you know, she was glowing. Um, her name was Nicole. She's listening. But she, she was, she was like, thank you so much. Like the thought that this many years post Katrina that, 
a plane full of volunteers with Shelby coming from New York. It didn't matter to her what we did. It didn't matter to her if we spent 10 minutes helping out. Just the idea that people cared, that were still concerned about what was going on in her city. And that's something that I think is important for people to understand. You don't have to go on a plane to New Orleans and hotels and do this elaborate something. You don't have to even spend the entire day doing it. Just a small act of kindness can make a big difference in someone else's day. And so, I mean, I think it's something that although we could talk about some of the more, you know, these more elaborate uh, uh, volunteer opportunities, I think it does really start with something really small. And maybe it's your family doing a lemonade stand or maybe it's, you know, making some peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. I mean, I've I've done all these things with my kids and, you know, they love it. You know, so I think if you start really small and manageable and something that's meaningful to your own family in some way, whether it's visiting a loved one who's ill, you know, it it could be any of these things. You're still teaching your values, and it's something to talk about at the end of the at, at the end of the day. Different than just like what you started your whole conversation with about exercise or school or you know some of the basic things. It it does lead to some interesting high level conversations about values and feelings. But one other thing that I wanted to say before I pass it along, yeah, but sure. another simple comment: when we were painting the house, we had another friend Dina who was with us. And she was saying to everyone in the house, so you know, we have to come back with the rest of the family. And her son, who's in eighth grade, said, oh, Mom, we're going to come back? And her response to him was, which I can't stop thinking about this, her response was, shouldn't they be allowed to feel as good as we do? And that's really what it's about. If you want to have your kids understand how good it feels, to do something right. for other people, to spend your time that way. It's not about, she didn't say to him, shouldn't they have a chance to volunteer? Shouldn't they have a chance to give back? She was saying it like selfishly, like as if we were in an amusement park, like they should be able to feel this good. And that's what it's about. So enough of me. That's but. amazing. No, It's amazing because, um, you know, one, to have, that experience alongside your son is just amazing. Then for um, the mom to just be kind of so swept up in the spirit of of just serving others and, you know, and wanting to kind of share that feeling because, you know, people look at it kind of like, as an act, like, oh, it's another thing to check off of my to-do list. Okay, go serve soup at a soup kitchen. Go write my checks for the year so I get my 10% tax deduction that I'm allowed to make for a charitable contribution. I think that's right. Never, ever quote me on any tax stuff ever on the show. Um, but, you know, but there's something that is greater and that penetrates deeper when you step into that space, you know, particularly with your children. And one of the things Mother Teresa has said is that we we can do no great things, only small things with great love. And a lot of people almost hold themselves back from serving even in a smaller way because they don't feel it's enough. They don't feel that they're doing enough. They're not donating, you know, they're donating $10 and not a million dollars. And everything on the scale is even exponentially resonating when you're talking about having a Jewish heart or having, um, you know, what you were saying, Cece, when I talked to you in the article about serving with the Jewish concept of Tekin Olam, um, which means healing the world. So when you take a part in that, even the smallest part exponentially squashes any other thing that you can, you can almost do. So, um, so Dina, I want to 
circle back to you because I know you're also involved with organizing a lot of these events and um, and also Mara too, by the way. I mean, you guys are both on the board of directors at um, the Community Synagogue. Mara, as far as being the VP of Mitzvah Projects, and I want to hear a little bit more about what that is, and Dina you know, with doing with the educational component. So from the educational aspects, you know, like what do you think is so important for these children to learn and what do you see them actually taking away? Um, I guess I could, I, in answering that, I think about the best way to teach is through experience and not from the textbook. And I could tell you, being in Louisiana for the first time and then in Mississippi and actually um, seeing firsthand, even though it was five years later, the devastation um, from Hurricane Katrina and then the BP oil spill and talking to the fishermen families and hearing that, you know, the news tells you everything's fine, but they still can't make a living and they don't know how long that's going to last. And even though the surface water is clean, if you go down a little bit, it's still polluted and it could be for 10, 20 years. We have no idea. And um, I guess, you know, when I try to, when you think about coverage in schools or like Stacy said, talking about things to your kids during dinner, it's a very different, it, it, it doesn't sink in the way it does by exper- as, as, as if you were experiencing it firsthand. And and I can't even describe to you how powerful it was as an adult to do that, but more importantly to do it alongside my daughter and the questions she asked and 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 what she got out of it. It was it was truly amazing, and it's something that you know we will never forget. And she knows so much more about you know the world. Um, and right. And how, how old is your daughter? Danny is Danielle is twelve. And um, she she totally got it. And, um, you know, we, during the course of our trip, got to really um, hang with families who are suffering still and, you know, talk to, to moms who say there's no hospital or doctors in our community and we have to go, you know, travel seven hours if if my kid has an ear infection and I have to get to a doctor and, and really understanding what that means because they have nothing anymore because so much was destroyed either from the hurricane or, you know, businesses have moved out or closed up because of, of the oil spill. Um, and, you know, so Danny would say to me, Mom, what do you mean? Like seven hours to go to the doctor? I mean, we go to the doctor for, you know, a, a split right. nail or something. And, um, right. you know, I... I couldn't possibly have taught her that after reading an article or watching something on TV. She got it. Right. Um, and, you know, teaching how good it feels to help others, um, it, it, you, you have to teach it through experience. I mean, when we handed a family, you know, the family consisted, we, we went down with some Bed Bath & Beyond products, dishes and towels and pots and pans for families who, their homes were destroyed, and they've got hand-me-downs or or are surviving without. And we we were armed with these donations, and we were all assigned a family. And my family consisted of a grandmother and her daughter, and her daughter's two children. And I could tell you that her daughter was 18 years old. So, um, and and the dad was in jail someplace. And 
we gave her, you know, we gave her all this stuff, and, and the grandmother started crying and hugging my daughter, Danny, saying, you have no idea how much this means to us, and thank you so much. And, I, I mean, it's making me tear right now thinking about it. Yeah. It's just you can't, te- by, by experiencing it and having her see and feel how good it is to help others, it's it's truly unlike the it's it's just the way to go if you're going to teach about repairing the world and if you have that opportunity and like Stacy said you don't have to get on a plane and travel to another state to do that um, I think that the more we could do it with our children baby steps you know making peanut butters and jelly sandwiches donating your your old coats but doing it together like not just cleaning out your kids closet for old clothes and dumping it at a dumpster but engaging with your children and helping them understand what we're doing and taking them to to you know the salvation army you know bins and dumping them together the more we could do things like that i think you know the more everybody will reap the benefits let me ask let me ask you guys this question because um, I think it is almost next to impossible to imagine a level of devastation, and I, you know, and I hope that us here, you know, absolutely never have to ever, 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 ever have to face that or live through it or survive through it. You know, I talk about a lot um, on the show how my my grandparents were Holocaust survivors, and I hear their their survivor story, and it just is mesmerizing to me. It's captivating to me. You know, I kind of just get it because I've heard stories for literally all throughout my life that I never ever want to experience it. And for these you know, for these people who are living through it and seeing their homes devastated, seeing their towns devastated. I mean, it's like, it's one thing and, you know, some people have had fires or floods or, you know, where it's been almost a single act in a community and your neighbors can come in and help you there. You can go over to your neighbor's house and, you know, bunk up if you lose power, um, you know, something like that. But to have, you know, towns wiped out, to have all your facilities wiped out, to have to go to, the, like you said, to the doctor seven hours away. You know, I'm sure in the immediate time there was no way to get food. There was no way to get clean water. I mean, we complain literally when the power is out for an hour. It's it's a huge inconvenience and pain in the butt. Um, You know, how were your children kind of, um, because I find like whenever I go on vacation I'm exposed to something new and I come back, it's like culture shock being back. You know, do they have a new appreciation for their house, their stuff, their things? You know, have you seen like a difference even in the in the couple of days that you've been home? You know, this is Mara. Um, one of the things that I would say that my daughter came away with what we heard so much of when daughter? we were down. She's twelve. Talia is twelve. Okay. Um, what we heard so much of when we're down, da- we were down there, was how resilient I think most of the people were, and how as devastating as Katrina was to mm-hmm. all of these communities how they came back and they rebuilt and they worked together as communities to, you know, do what they could do. But it was so devastating for, it almost seemed to everyone we spoke to, the oil spill was so much harder for them um, because, like Dina said, they don't know when it's going to be okay again and they don't know what else to do. Um, Katrina, they can see how they can recover from, whether it's going to be another five years or ten years. They they see an answer there. With the oil spill, they don't. And I think for Talia, 
um, I think that she was really struck with seeing, actually seeing the devastation and seeing how positive people felt about it. Um, right. And felt very grateful for the life that she lived. Um, I also I wanted to speak to a little bit of what you said before about how just yeah. little things make a difference. You know, and as the Port Washington School District worked very hard to raise money for this mobile medical unit a couple of years mm-hmm. ago f- to help Katrina. And part of what we did on this mission was to go down to Children's Health Fund um, because UJA also donated one. And for years, our children, my daughter, my daughter's friends, my other kids' friends, had lemonade stands where maybe they raised, I don't know, $8.00 and handed it in, but eventually we were able to raise the money that uh, was able to build one of these mobile health units. And that's, we heard so much about, from all the people we met, how grateful they were to have that. And, that you know, that is their doctor. And so to be able to see what little, little, little things do and come together to make such a huge difference in so many people's lives was really powerful. Yeah, it's it's really unbelievable the resiliency of the human spirit. I mean, in, just in talking with my grandparents later in life, it's like when it's almost like when everything gets stripped away, you have no choice but to just focus on your core and what's at your core. It's yourself and your family. And as long as you are still alive and your your heart is still beating and you're still together, you know that's really all that matters. And I think that is really at the core of just us being human and us being parents and um, and having families. You know, obviously you want your life for yourself and your children to be easy. Um, you, want to, you want to provide a house. You want to provide, you know, material things just for, for a comfort level. Um, but, you know, and going to and seeing people who have, you know, and I'm speaking just kind of third-hand from you guys, um, you know, what were their living conditions? Uh, I mean, what were their houses like now? Well, the families we met, we met in more of a public space, but we drove through many of the devastated areas, and, uh, you know, there, there aren't houses in a lot of these places, and they're boarded up, and there are holes in roofs, and uh, people are still making do. Right. So are they living in tents? Like, you know, where where are these people living? Um, I, I think, I think, think that, that I think what happened. If this is Stacey. Um, I think after Katrina, a lot of people were like bussed out of the city and went to other relatives. Right. You know, and right. then you know, people are coming back, but when they come back, they can't go back to their homes. They can't afford to rebuild them, but so they're kind of just in a limbo, you know, staying with friends, staying with family, living now in a different city. You know, so now there's empty lots that maybe will stay empty lots, and there's some that are being rebuilt, and there's initiatives like Brad Pitt is involved in an initiative that is trying to restore homes in the Lower Ninth Ward, which was hit so terribly right. by Katrina. But as I think that Mara and Dina said, it's really, they've hit like a double doozy now with the BP oil spill. Now their entire, basically it's a shrimping and oyster industry there that's like completely wiped out. And so now it's like between, they've been focusing on rebuilding and trying to do their best and 
now their source of of income is lost, mm-hmm. and so right. now and that's, and that's adding that's adding insult to injury with with that that oil spill. Yeah, so that, basically, that it's was. almost like your worst nightmare, and again, you can start to feel very helpless as if, okay, you come there and what can we really do? The the problems are so large. But we asked at all of our various meetings, like, what do you want us to come back to New York and, and what can we do for you? And really what you said is please, you know, spread the word. The, say, the way that you may say, like, you know, in tribute to victims of the Holocaust, we you know, we want to share their testimonials, share, share what happened to them to make people understand that something like that shouldn't happen again. Well, same thing here. I mean, the BP oil spill is is a nightmare, and it's an ongoing nightmare, and they want people to know that. And there's a lot of concern about the health and safety of fish that's being consumed from that region. And there's also a huge issue about the these poor families that no longer have an industry and a way to make yep. a living. Yeah, I mean, I went into a supermarket and there was like Gulf Coast shrimp on sale. I'm like, yeah, it's on sale. <laughs> I better be giving that away free. You know, it, yeah, it's dangerous. You know, I mean, of, that that's a big unknown. One of the women that we met, who was very outspoken, I think wanted very clearly for people to know that you know she is one of the lucky ones who can still feed her children, and she has several fishing boats, but she refuses. And her husband, who is a fisherman, refuses to take them out because they don't feel confident that the water is anywhere close to clean. And her message was, please don't forget, this is not fixed. We need people to know that this is not fixed. fixed." Yeah, and and that's, you know, unfortunately, but that's kind of, where we all are very connected and our oceans are connected, it, you know, the BP oil spill is is a giant, giant nightmare, and it's just, you know, there's no way that that's not seeping out into the greater waters and all that kind of stuff. But without going too much into the scientific details and of all that, of that, you know, you know, bringing it back to these families as far as, um, you know, what help they're receiving, you know, how you guys were able to make a difference in their lives and, um, and like, you know, what else was some of the feedback that you were getting from, from just being there and what were the local leaders saying to you as well? Because I know you guys spent some time just, like, listening to, to the local leaders. Yeah, I, uh, it's Dina. I, you know, I could say that one of the most um, rewarding experiences was, and we did this twice, just really meeting with the families and listening and showing mm-hmm. that we care. And on two different days, one in Louisiana and one in Biloxi, Mississippi, um, we met with, parents and kids, and our kids played with the local children, um, and we brought arts and crafts and balls, and, and they, they got to play together, and the parents got to sit and listen and and empathize and, and make the people of these, um, of Mississippi and Louisiana know that we care and we're here to help. And, you know, quite honestly, here we were Jewish people, and for many, and and this was not a religious mission, and many of these people had never met Jewish people and realized that, you know, we share the same values, we want to help, we want to make a difference, and we're so appreciative. And um, after one of the days, 
when we were on the bus heading back to Louisiana, the kids were all asked to say, you know, after work, you know, after playing with the kids, you know, in this experience, what do you think? You know, what, 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 what do you have any, anything to say? And it was from the mouth of babes, you know, it was amazing to hear them stand up and say, they're just like us. You know, they love to play ball. Right. It was so great playing jump rope, and yet they have experienced and witnessed such tragedy. But th- they, they're so nice, and we had so much fun, and they so appreciate what we're doing. And, um, and I, I, you know, so when you say, what did you do, you know, we listened. We showed them we care. Right. Um, I'll never right. forget one of the one of the social workers who were, was touring us around Mississippi said she was there during Katrina, and she will never forget the bus of NYPD um, men who came to help and how awesome they were and, and how they were so touched and still feel it five years later that they are not alone, but people all right. around care and want to help and want to make a difference, and they are so gracious and loving and not angry or bitter, or at least if they are, they didn't share that with us. They just needed somebody to talk to and, and just was so graciously accepting how much we cared and whatever we could do to help. And I, if I could just bring it back a little to what we spoke about earlier with doing things with your children, mm-hmm. I think that mm-hmm. that's the, one of the biggest things, at least for me in my life, like just like you're always there for birthday parties for your friends, it's just something we do. We go and we help when we can help, whether it's, you know, like Dina said, giving old coats or going to New Orleans or bringing food to Thanksgiving on Thanksgiving to people who need it. It's just part of what our day-to-day life is. We just do things. So so what is the concept behind Amidst of Projects? I mean, I know a little bit, but I, I, I would like you to, to share it a little bit more with the listeners about, you know, what, what it means to do a mitzvah, what it means to do a mitzvah project, and, you know, of that certain age of Jewish children. A mitzvah is a good deed, so helping others in any way. And in our temple, when our children get to a certain age, they have a bar mitzvah. And as part of the requirements, they have to do something, quote-unquote, called a mitzvah project. And a lot of kids struggle. What am I going to do for my mitzvah project? Should I, you know, collect food for, for some cause? Should I work with autistic children? And there seems to be a lot of pressure about, oh, my God, it's one of the requirements. And, and to use your phrase, Cynthia, you know, I have to cross it off my list. And some people feel that way. In contrast, I could say that, you know, in, in the, at least among the families we traveled with, um, it's part of our everyday life. And so when I said to my daughter, Danny about this trip, you know, this could be one of your, you know, your mitzvah project. And she said to me, Mom, this isn't my mitzvah. I'm not doing this for my mitzvah project. I'm doing this because it's the right thing to do, and this is what we do all the time. And I don't need it to fulfill any requirement. It, you know, and, 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 and she said, I don't need a project. We do mitzvahs every day, whether it's sitting at the lunch table with, you know, a kid who's alone or it's, you know, like, you know, going to New Orleans. It wasn't just fulfilling a requirement that she had to do. So when you ask the question, what is a mitzvah requirement, in this area, that's what it is. It's a requirement that you have to fulfill, but the way our families have interpreted it, it's not just a requirement, it's a way of life. 
I love it. I, I think I, it's amazing. I, yes, listen, yeah, I would piggy, I would piggyback on that. That I think it was also incredibly impactful when I know that. It, there's like a thing called Mitzvah Day where all the temples in Port Washington get together um, to do good deeds into the community. And again, they're serve, the good deeds are not just for Jewish people in the community. The good deeds are for anyone in need in the community or outside the community for that matter. And a lot of it is also kids seeing other kids doing work like this because it's really nice to say, okay, it's not just my parents that care about this. There's a larger community of people that are like my family that care about giving back. So I felt like my son, who happened to be, I think, the youngest child of the trip, he's um, turning 12, he's 11, and in sixth grade. For him to see seventh graders, eighth graders, ninth graders all doing this and excited about doing this, I think, was extremely impactful for him. And it was actually really fascinating because I think also we tend to underestimate how much children can take in and, and what they're taking in and you know what they're focusing on and, and I was looking at pictures of my son last night and we had a lot of like really fun pictures of things that happened during the trip. There were a lot of fun moments also and we had a chance to go around New Orleans. And he said to me when we were going through and I took pictures of the kids like all playing when we were all together with the family. So the Long Island kids that were playing with the kids from um, New Orleans and the kind of the, the joyous parts of the day. And he says to me, mm-hmm. where are the pictures of the meeting? And at that meeting there was, again, local politicians and um, local families. We did a little, little bit of a, um, you know, Q&A about what's going on. And we, the parents and the Long Island people had a chance to ask questions and they had a chance to share their stories and tell them what they did. And my son was like, where, where is the picture of all the adults, you know, kind of talking? <laughs> and I said to myself, I said, um, I can't even believe, first I didn't even know that he knew that was happening because he was playing right. with the kids. Right? So I didn't even know he knew right. it was happening. Nevertheless, him noticing and, and rather than caring about watching kids playing, I'm mean, like, he's so totally got it. He's like, why don't you have a picture of the meeting? And I was like, right. oh, my God. I mean, again, this is like, And what, what did you say? What I told them, which I think is true, is that there's, uh, there were Pete representatives that were taking pictures of that and that I'm going to get it right. for him because I realize now when I put together the album, and he's so right, a lot of the things that I took pictures of that I thought would, would be interesting for him afterwards, I wasn't – he said to me another thing. We wound up – this is very interesting. One of, um, we're at the Children's Health Fund, the building was restored by Extreme Makeover. And cool. so, like, the building was destroyed and an extreme makeover came in mm-hmm. and did a renovation for them. And, again, that's another thing. We quickly went in and we were moving all the bed, bath, and beyond boxes out. I took pictures of us moving out the boxes. He's like, where is the extreme makeover building? I mean, the, the weird questions of things that he felt that I didn't capture, that he knew was happening, <laughs> that I didn't even think he was paying attention to at all. And that's why I think I, I, I think you hear Mara and Zina and I going on and on. We could probably go on for the rest of the day. And for many, many days thereafter, that this is going to unravel for a lifetime. It resonates and it changes. And it, and, it, and the idea, I think, of what we can give back to the people in New Orleans is raising a future generation that cares about service. 
I mean, that's really going right back to Martin Luther King, and it was, you know, a lot of pride for me and I think everyone else to be part of a National Day of Service on Martin Luther King Day. And I would love, again, it takes one small something and turn it into an annual something. I've never focused on that before with my family on Martin Luther King Day. I've always said, oh, great, day off from school, great vacation day, awesome, let's sleep in, relax, whatever. To have spent a day of service and felt part of a national community of people that were volunteering on Martin Luther King Day was so inspiring and moving. I am sure forever forward, my family will do that on Martin Luther King Day in some way, whether it be small, whether it be collecting money, whether it be you know, donating clothes or donating old toys, whatever it would be, it's so, so powerful. And that's how it begins. You do one small something and then you say, hey, we better do this again because that was amazing. Right. And Right. You know, it, but these kids are capable. They can handle so much more than we think. They can take in so much more than we think. They understand these concepts much more than we think they're taking it in. And, and it, was, it, was, it was just amazing. And if we turn them into future leaders that solve the I mean, I remember when I was growing up in school, you get an education to be empowered as, a, as a, an adult to help solve problems in the world. And this and is going to be awesome. Yeah, so... You know, hopefully they'll be inspired. Maybe one of these kids on this trip will help help them in New Orleans come up with solutions for the oil. I mean, that's that's the point. But but yeah, it can happen much younger. Also, it can happen from you know a three year old making a picture that's going along with the basket of food that's going to be delivered to the family in need. You know, it's at every level and at every age. I think you can start doing mitzvahs with your family. Cynthia, no. I, I want. I just wanted to make two two comments um, as I'm thinking what the listeners might be thinking. The first is um, a lot of adults participate in so many charitable things. You know, I'm going to meetings, and my my kids say, "You're going to another charity meeting or working on a fundraising." And 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 while while I try to to lead by example, it's so different than the experience I had when I'm side by side with my kid, and I can't emphasize enough how important it is to do it with your kid. Just like it's the difference between being a spectator at a sport that your kid is playing as opposed to engaging in the sport with your kid. Instead of just dropping them off to, you know, you know do, do some charitable work, try to do it with your kid. It's an amazing experience that you will share in terms of bonding, and it has to it has so much more lasting impact on both parties, the parent and the yeah. child. The second thing I want to say is, you know, it just takes it just takes a desire to make it happen. Some people may be saying, "How am I going to figure out how to organize this?" Like people say that all the time. How did you figure out how to do this? You just want to do it, and then you get a couple people, and you know that's how our first mission came up. We said we want to do this. All our kids, our high school kids, were offered these opportunities to go to Louisiana or go to wherever. And 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 a friend and I said well, we want to do this. So you make some phone calls, you send some emails, and the UJA is an amazing organization because they are so connected. And you call your local community center, or you go work through the temple. Sometimes it can be intimidating figuring out you know, right. how to make it happen. Yes, I want to do it, right. but how am I going to do it? And I would encourage people not to be scared of that. You know, make a phone call or ask a friend, and before you know it, it happens, and, and it's so worthwhile. 
I'm really glad that that you put that last part out there. You know, particularly, I mean, one as far as instilling instilling the value, and I think we all have a very strong sense that that is, you know, a core element to all of your families as well as to our collective, um, our collective society and our collective families. But the second part about, you know, how to make it happen, where to turn. I mean, we had Jamie Ratzvogel from Birthday Wishes on the show. Um, we did the Mother Teresa show this past summer, and. And, you know, and it is easy to find organizations. There are, you know, thousands upon thousands of charities. There is so much stuff going on on a local level, on a regional level, on a state level. You know, find something and just start. I think that's I think that's the key. And then once you, you step forward, you'll get more opportunities to go and, and participate, to meet people like Mara who could help you figure out a, a mitzvah project for your children, to find people like, like Vina who can help organize, you know, a weekend trip to to a different state to do something very hands-on. And I'm all for what you were saying before. I think Stacey was saying about peer pressure, about, you know, Doing it with some some of your your children's friends, or having knowing that other children are going to be at um, at a charitable event, so they can do it side by side, not that they're just standing, you know, next to you and relying on you to to lead them through it. It might be a little bit easier for them to grasp and understand like where their place is and what's appropriate for them if they have a, a peer model. Although even if you just do it with your child, that's a beautiful experience too. So, um, you know, and I think that there's, you know, so many ways for people to give. You know, you can start small. If the idea of obviously taking a weekend trip to New Orleans is too overwhelming for you to think of, you know, start smaller, start local, visit a visit a senior center, call Jamie Ratvogel, and um, help her create birthday parties for homeless children. So um, there are many, many ways to start. Do you guys want to put out any contact information out there or resources for people to um, to be directed to? I'm sorry. Is there any like email? Yes, if anybody has any yeah. questions and they want to email it to your radio show, I'm sure we'd all be happy to help, if, if, you know, anyone. Point them in the Absolutely. Right Okay, amazing. So anybody who has questions for any of these three ladies, you can get them through me. I'm at Cynthia at MamasPearls.com. Um, be happy to to connect you guys and to to help make more mitzvahs happen. Now I do wanna do wanna switch gears a little bit. Um I always do my come tell mama questions, but before I do that, does anybody have any last um things to kind of put into the space to kind of seal the circle of what we talked about? Well, thank you for having us, and thank you for the work that you're doing. And I think, again, it just takes, you know, one interested person, you know, you wanting to put the, you know, when you first mentioned putting the article on, you know, on Patch, I was like, oh, okay, you know, and I didn't think about it. Before you knew it, I've had like a flood of emails of people that are interested. So I think it does, it is, there's an impetus on us now. I've been so lucky to be part of this experience to talk about it and, inspire other people to feel as good as we do about what we did and there certainly are tremendous opportunities to do that even in your own home and without having to donate any funds and you know again right. you know could start a toy collection and we could easily you know send toys over to those I mean those families are in need of everything 
Um, so right. I appreciate and you and having. I, I love that what you what you guys said about that, and and you guys are so so welcome. I mean, I'm just I'm truly honored to be speaking with you guys today, um, and to had the opportunity to actually cover this story. But you know what you were saying about. You know, it can be as, as small as going through your own your own closets, and you're giving away stuff anyway. When you know we're coming around the corner of doing spring cleaning, of taking those items, of calling the UJA, saying, "Can we get this to um, the people in New in New Orleans or in Mississippi or um, or elsewhere?" And just making that happen. It does take work. You know, it it does take time. Uh, it does take time to carve you know carve out of your already your schedule to do stuff for other people. But that's kind of the point. And that's kind of the message of Martin Luther King. And that's what we're reminded of when we're, you know, almost a month in from making our resolutions to kind of keep those resolutions. Don't 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 bury that. Don't procrastinate that resolution for 2012. Do something this year. Do it with your family, for your family. You're going to be teaching them more than you can ever, ever dream of, of literally cracking their heart opens into a place of service, into a state of grace, and watching them then take that that those lessons that you, that like Stacy was saying that will unravel for the rest of their lives and maybe plant the seeds and instill a core value or something that they've picked up along the way that they do want to step up and and work to um create create a resolution for as they grow and get older. So ladies, thank you again. Thank you. I thank want you to ask much. you if one of you guys at least would stay on, I would love to ask you some of my Come Tell Mama questions, which I ask my guests um, uh, on almost every show. And it's just a little bit of a segue and kind of taking it to you in a lighter, fun way. So um, I would like to ask... Okay, awesome, because you guys do so much for other people. What is your own personal luxury indulgence that you do for yourself? Oh wow! Um, <laughs> I, Dina, now are you still on? I mean, I'm still this, on. I, yeah, I, I, on. I make sure I run every day. Oh yeah, that's I make perfect. sure I take care of myself, and that is my time. And um, so, some form of exercise. Um, this is Stacey. In light of that plug, which Dina was being very honest with her answer, I would say I, I indulge myself with, uh, which is hard. This is hard, even though it's not going to sound hard. Um, eating healthy. I think it's, it's hard to do and takes time, but I do also think it inspires my kids to want to eat healthy, and I, I feel so good when I do. So that's an indulgence. And I think my big indulgence is to try and find sometime by myself quietly so that I can just read for a half an hour. Reading. That's a good yeah. one, too. A couple of, yeah, no, I did to go. A couple of people have said that, um, just to lose, lose themselves in a book. So when it comes to food, do you prefer sweet or salty? Salty. Stacy. Salty. Uh, Stacey, salty. Sweet, salty. you know. <laughs> Nara, salty. Dina, 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 sweet, but ice cream is my favorite. Have, actually. <laughs> gotta have one sweetie, sweetie on the call. Um, what is your favorite movie genres? Oh God! Comedy, romance, horror, action, sci-fi, period. Space. I'm actually um, a bit of a sci-fi geek, so I like sci-fi. Mara. Comedy. 
I like Dina. a good love story. Sweet and sappy. <laughs> All right. Okay. Out of the following, which would you choose? The best sex of your life, the best meal of your life, or the best sleep of your life? Oh, Mara? Easy. Sleep, for sure. <laughs> Stacy? I have to, wow. I think I, it would probably, wow. That's really tough. Um, I, I have to answer honestly. This is so so private question. I, I would have a hard toss between the meal and the sex. If I could have the meal and the sex together, that would be great. <laughs> Do I have to answer that? <laughs> um, God, throw it out oh, there. God. Um, I think sleep. <laughs> I think mother of four. I'm sleep deprived. Yeah, <laughs> I hear you. I, I kind of go between the meal and the sleep myself. Um, so Are there any men listening? <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. Did I There's qualify, no that, I met, did I qualify that I that sex I met with with my husband? <laughs> marital sex. Um, what I mean, okay. Aside from the charitable nature, can you guys? Because that is obviously a beautiful feature which you all share with yourselves and with your families. What do you consider to be your most beautiful feature, Stacey? And he is my most beautiful teacher. Um, um, I, I guess beyond charity, it's not about doing, you know, volunteer work. It's just I feel that I, I have an intention to do good. I think that's in general with all things and people, and you know, that that's at the core of my intentions. Mara? Um, I think I try and have an understanding of all types of people. Gina? Um, I just love connecting with people and meeting new people and just connecting in a personal way. That's awesome. And last question. What is the best advice that your mother gave you? Um, I I have to think about this one. Um, Mara? My mother always encouraged me to try and do more than I thought I could. Like that. Don't set limits. Love that. Dina? Yeah, I'm thinking. I know it's you know one. so much. I mean, so many things. But you know, family is always first. You know, I remember saying your sisters will be your best friends, and just like it, it's all about the family. Stacy, um, and I agree with your mom. I think that my mom set an example of going after what she wanted in life. Like that, you know. I guess it's somewhat like the limits, but you know, not about just just making that a priority. Love it, love it, love it, love it. And ladies, I think that you guys are setting such remarkable example, not only for yourselves and for your peers, but for your children. 
and the larger community. And we are very fortunate to be living in the same town as you guys. I feel just so, so honored. And consistently, I feel like I'm going to be now that I know you consistently learning from you, um, especially that you have older children and <laughs> kind of help setting the footprints and the path for so many other moms to, to follow behind. And I'm so grateful again for you all to for being here with me and for sharing the hour of Mama's Pearls with us. Again, I would like to remind everybody you can listen to um, to this broadcast again if you need to fill in some details at www.blogtalkradio.com slash Mama's Pearls. You can find me, and if you have any questions, again, for our lovely, lovely Mamas today, you can email me at Cynthia at Mama'sPearls.com. You can find me on Facebook. I'm also on Twitter at Cintweet. And again, ladies, thank you so much. Oh, thank, and this you. Is, thank you. Thank you for having this us. Thank you. Uh, anytime. You guys can call in any, anytime with updates. If you're doing other missions, I definitely want to know about it and share it with the community. So, um, you know, consider this an, an open forum for that and for you. Thank you again. Thank you so much. Well, Have a great you. day. Yeah, bye. You too. And everybody listening, again, this is Cynthia of Mama's Pearls just reminding you to enjoy your children, enjoy your family, say I love you, and remember that taking steps with grace in action is the ultimate service that we can do for ourselves, for our children, and for our community. Have a wonderful week, and I'll speak to you next week. Thanks, everyone. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC.